This episode is brought to you by Eagle Masonry and Insulation, North Alabama's premier masonry and insulation provider. You brick and insulate your house at the same time, so why not use a contractor that can accomplish these two tasks and reduce your time spent scheduling, paying, and managing trades? Eagle offers the following masonry services, block, brick, stone, outdoor living, and pavers, as well as state-of-the-art insulation services from traditional fiberglass bats to blown-in blanket systems and spray foam. Eagle will provide these services turnkey, which means they will provide all the materials and labor, thereby eliminating your risk of breakage and theft. Call 256-755-1556 today for your free quote. Do you want a lawn that is healthy, looks good, and is environmentally friendly? Then try EnviroGreen. EnviroGreen is a locally owned and operated landscaping service that seeks to provide all of these things with professional touch. All of EnviroGreen's technicians are highly trained, and every client receives a unique program specially tailored to what they want out of their grass, trees, and shrubs. EnviroGreen's products are bio-based, environmentally conscious, and packed with nutrients that promote healthy growth and eradicate weeds. Call 334 319-7603 or visit envirogreen.com to learn more about envirogreen's programs and services envirogreen where the grass is always greener a new one i mean it might be yeah yeah you can leave it up there yeah i might i, I, I gotta figure that out right for sure uh, yeah well welcome to rookie mistake everybody it's a kind of a sad episode here it's at least for the foreseeable future it's gonna be ethan's last episode he's headed for greener pastures yeah <laughs> a pay like a paying job over the summer that's um, right <laughs> some of us gotta earn that money yeah so and I don't really, I don't think I can really think of a better, as far as numbers wise. I mean, this is episode number thirty, so I think it's a pretty perfect episode to nice round. send off on. Yeah, nice little even number, divisible by ten, yeah. <laughs> and thirty weeks of recordings. Pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah. we've done once give, a week. I mean, there's, there's been one or two during the semesters that we've had to take off for school related reasons, and of course, we didn't really do anything over uh, the winter break, there the extended break that we had, but. Yeah, nice long, several several episodes. It's been a good run. We'll hopefully have a pretty good one here for you guys today. I think we're going to start talking about the NBA. We haven't really done that a whole lot this season, but they're getting close to playoff time. I think the regular season is running into about the middle of May, right? Because they started late and it's a shortened season. Yeah, so, I think so. Um, sounds about right. It's going to be, I think, the playoffs may end up even stretching into July as a result. I'm not sure. But let's go ahead and talk about the playoff picture there. I mean, we'll start with the Eastern Conference. I believe the Nets clinched a playoff spot last night. They're currently 42-20, and 20, I believe. Yeah, if they don't win at all, then that, that it's a bust. Yeah, you think it's a bust if they don't? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah, second seed right now is Philadelphia 76ers, 40-21. and 21. Bucks are 38-23 and 23 in, the third, in the three spot. We got a tie right now for, in, between fourth and fifth, thirty-four and twenty-eight. The Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks got something to say about them here in, in a second. The Celtics are thirty-two and thirty. So are the Heat. They're in seventh, and the Hornets are the only team in the playoff picture in the league right now that are below five hundred. They're thirty and thirty-one, well, that's and they're sitting really in the eighth bad. seed. It's not terrible, but everybody else is worse than they are. However, that could, I think, that could end up being a bit of a fluid playoff spot. Somebody else could end up snagging that. 
depending on how the Hornets finish, because they don't have LaMelo Ball anymore, right? Isn't he injured, I think? Yeah, I think he's out for a while, if not indefinitely. Yeah. Yeah, I think he is injured. And I don't know, I mean, I think the Pacers are the nine spot right now. I think they're 29-31 and 31 or 29-32, and 32, so it could be something that becomes a problem, I guess. You know, it's just kind of funny that if you would ask me who do I think the best eight teams are in the East this year, I don't think I would have mentioned the Hornets, Hawks, or the Knicks. No, I, I, would, I would have kept all three of those out for sure. And the Hawks are actually were out of the playoff picture for a long time until pretty recently. They fired their coach Lloyd Pierce in maybe a month ago or a month, six weeks ago, something like that. And, you know, set new guy uh, Nate McMillan as their interim coach, and they're 20-7 and seven since that move. Was it Nate McMillan? Wasn't he a coach somewhere else? I recognize his name. I think he may have been the Pacers coach recently. Is was that he not the Pacers right? Pacers coach recently? I'm not he wasn't... entirely sure. But yeah, I mean, that's a really big turnaround. And I mean, if you do the math, they're 34 and 28 now. That means they were 14 and 21 when they let go of Pierce. And now they're mm-hmm. in a tie for the fourth seed. And Ethan, you kind of look like you, you found the answer there about Nate McMillan. Yeah, uh, he was the Hawks coach. I mean, the Pacers coach from 2016 to 2020, and then that's right. So that's a, why I recognize the name. Yeah, yeah. Hawks they, they let him go, and let him go recently because I feel like we talked about this on. I think we may have. I think it may have show. been a part because I, I remember us talking about something as like I think we're firing coaches too quick or something like that, or yeah. we're and then firing we, and them. Then we talked about Lloyd Pierce. I thought too, and saying that this was an interesting move because he only had been there maybe a couple of years. And yeah, I think the thing with Big Millen was that the Pacers made the first round of the playoffs, right? Yeah, and they let him I go think, anyway. It's like I think, I think we're, ma- we're firing guys for making the playoffs now. Like, yeah, I think they made the playoffs, and they had maybe a mid-level seed. Maybe they were a four or a five. I think they may have played the Heat, and they and may have been one. Oh, of those. so maybe they were a two or a three because weren't the Heat? Weren't the oh heat? well, no, that's right. No, they, they didn't play the Heat because the Heat were a five seed. Yeah, so. I think they may have been a seven seed. But, but if, if making the playoffs isn't yeah, good enough, they, then we need to make the playoffs smaller if it's not good enough to make the playoffs, I think. I think it's good enough like to make I, the playoffs. Yeah, no, right, that's what I'm saying. It's like, so we're firing guys because they can't get past the first round of the playoffs, but they're making the playoffs. So if making the playoffs isn't good enough. And if I recall, that was the first time, the, maybe not the first time the Pacers have made the playoffs, but maybe they had made the playoffs after a year or so? I can't remember. I feel like they missed a couple of years. I think they may have missed, especially because Victor Oladipo had that horrific injury. Yeah. That may have caused that. I know they haven't been really relevant since Paul George left. At least not like they were. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that's what we were talking about. So I guess Nate McMillan may be positioning himself to get a full get the full-time job here. I mean, especially if they can maybe... I, I guess we'll see where they end up because I think it was actually... It wasn't the Hawks that snapped the Knicks' win streak the other night, was it? I don't think, I don't it, think so. I don't think it was, but I know the Knicks went had a nine-game win streak or something, and they did get snapped the other night. So, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see where these two teams end up because they're now tied. The Knicks are the four seed and the Hawks are the five seed if the playoffs started today, but their record is the same. So that is subject to change for sure. And, I mean, for the Hawks, I mean, it seems like they're going to make it, right? So we were saying they're 20-7 and seven since putting Nate McMillan in the interim spot. Yeah. They've missed the playoffs for the last three years. I don't know how Trey Young is doing statistically. I would assume pretty good. I mean, if they're yeah, winning I games. Yeah, I assume he's probably doing the same as he was doing when they were losing. Right, but then they're like actually winning for whatever reason. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't been watching really any NBA basketball this season. I haven't cared. I haven't wanted to. So, yeah, that's the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, who do you think comes out of the East, though? Out of that, I think you said the Nets, right? You think the Nets come out of the East? Um, it would depend on what the bracket looks like uh, because I would have to assume that 
the winner of the Nets Bucks matchup probably probably goes. Who's the two seed? The two seed right now is the 76ers. They're two games ahead of the Bucks. Yeah, nah, I don't see if, that. If if it started today, they would have they would only possibly play the Bucks in the Western Conference Finals, and the Bucks would have to get past the 76ers. The Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The Eastern Conference Finals. Right. Yeah. The, right. That's what I mean. If if they both make the the conference finals, then I think that the Bucks would probably go. Okay, interesting. All right, and look at the West Conference here. Actually, pretty surprising year, I guess, on b- both sides. I mean, there are a bunch of teams right now that are in spots that we would not have said they would be before the season. The Jazz are at the top of the, the both the West and the league. They're forty four and seventeen, mm-hmm. and. The Phoenix Suns are right behind them, forty-three and eighteen. They're even; they have a better record than the Nets do, which is really shocking. If you're, I think that the champion is probably going to be from the West, I think it will be too because it usually is the West is just better basketball. I mean, but I don't, I don't know. The Lakers are kind of taking a fall, aren't they? Yeah, I think LeBron and Davis are still hurt though. Yeah. So and I was choking yesterday with somebody who was like, "The Suns are having a historic year," but you know that. The Lakers are going to fall to the seventh seed and then get LeBron and Anthony Davis back to the playoffs and destroy the Suns, right? Like, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a good chance. <laughs> I feel like it's a, there's a decent probability of that happening, for sure. Yeah, so the Jazz and the Suns in the top of the Western Conference, right behind them at 43-20 and 20 are the Clippers. And then in fourth place, the Nuggets, who are 40-21. and 21. And if you guys will remember... They lost Jamal Murray pretty recently. And I was actually looking, it was only two weeks ago. And I... Thought it was a lot longer than that. Yeah, it was pretty recently. Yeah, I, I guess I've just kind of, the days have just kind of blended together lately for me, but I was like, wait, that was April 12th? I thought that was like the end of March, at least. Mm-hmm. But no, it was April 12th that they lost Jamal Murray to an ACL tear, and Nuggets are 6-1 and one since that injury, so at least right now, they haven't been Did you see that the Warriors severely damaged. Of, speaking of people who've gotten hurt and the teams have gotten better, you see that James Wiseman got hurt for the Warriors? And the no. Warriors are now like seven and two or seven and three since his injury, and they're ranked fifth in def- defensive efficiency and first in offense efficiency. Like they're actually actually playing really good despite yeah. their record and maybe some of their games. Right, they're like there's no way they're making the playoffs. I don't think. Right, but I don't think so. No, because it's just kind of too little, too late. But no, I didn't see that, and I don't actually. I mean, has James Wiseman been good for them? Is he or has he been a bust? Uh, if you would say that. I think for someone who was drafted, what was he, first or second? He was second overall. Right. Then, then yes, I would say he's probably been more of bust potential. But if you said he were to be undrafted, maybe lottery pick to a lottery team, then, yeah, he probably would have been playing pretty good. Yeah, so, I mean, it's early. It's his rookie year, so he's yeah. got a lot to learn, and especially when we have a norm, whenever we end up having a normal season again. I right. Mean, so it'll, it'll take time. but So too early to say, but not – quite living up to his hype as the second overall pick. That's I think that's fair. Yeah, so I didn't see that. Interesting. Bottom half of the West right now, fifth seed is the Lakers, 36-25. and 25. Like we were just saying, I uh, believe they do still do not have LeBron and Anthony Davis. They, Anthony Davis may be playing again in limited minutes, I think. I saw that recently. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure LeBron is definitely not playing. Uh, sixth, he's, too, he's too busy talking on Twitter. Yeah, right. The Mavericks are the sixth seed, uh, 33-27 and 27 record. The Trailblazers are 33 and 28 in the seventh seed, and the Grizzlies are in the eighth seed, 31 and 29. So the Grizzlies. Yeah, I know, right? A lot of surprising teams here. I mean, you got the Grizzlies, obviously, with John Moran. You got the Suns in the second seed. I guess the Mavericks isn't shocking. I actually would have thought that they'd be doing better with Doncic and Porzingis on their team. I mean, I guess 33 and 27 isn't bad, but I would have 
probably guess that they would be higher than the sixth seed. Maybe 40 wins. Yeah. 40 plus wins. Which they could probably get to, right? Yeah. Because I I think it's 72 games this season, so they would just need to win seven of the next 12 to get to 40. And that would be a pretty good, pretty successful season. When you say you would expect them to be doing better, I mean, as of right now, you would expect them to have maybe 42. I would probably expect them to be doing as well as, would have expected them to be doing as well as the Nuggets are doing right now. The Nuggets are 40 and 21. Yeah. But, you know. Where are the Jazz at? Did you say that? Yeah, the Jazz are the top of the West. They're 44 and 17. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, Yeah, they're, they're the one seed. So, I don't know. I mean, how do you think the postseason ends up going for the West? Well, I mean, I, it just I think I think there's some merit to your theory of LeBron and Anthony Davis become healthy and the Lakers have the seventh or the eighth seed and then they just end which up. means they have favorable matchups. Yeah, the whole way for sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess if they if they do all fall fall all the way to the seventh seed or even the sixth seed, I guess they would still be on the same side of the bracket. Then they would end up presumably playing against the either the two or two seed or the three seed in the second round. So they would still have. A tough challenge, but yeah, I mean, I'd be very nervous about having to play the Lakers in the first round when they're the lower seed. That would, that would, that would, that would concern me a lot. It's kind of like the March Madness tournament teams who were seeded low, but probably could have been higher. You know, obviously the Lakers are definitely not a 7th or an 8th or a 6th seed. They're mm-hmm. more of a 1 through 3, but because of injuries and record, they're going to be a lower seed. Yeah, so who do you think comes out of the West then? Mmm... I think the Lakers have a good shot to repeat. Yeah, but I think that's fair. I don't think that it will happen. I'm gonna go with either the Jazz to make it to the finals, or maybe. Uh, I mean, the Suns are the second seed, but I'm not sure if the Suns can do that. Can I, don't make have, it. I don't really have any confidence in the Suns. The Clippers. Nah. Now nah, we're gonna roll with the we're Jazz. Gonna, yeah, we're gonna roll with the Jazz. The yeah. Lakers. I think I'll go with the Jazz too, just because they've been the best team right All now. All year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now I mean, right now they're still they're only the best by one game right now. They're exactly one game ahead of the Suns. So the Suns could put something together. I just I just see that it's like it's like that's just too perfect for them to have to play end up playing the Lakers in in the first round or something. And the Lakers are full strength now and lose. But yeah, so I guess we're saying right now we're gonna go ahead and go with the Jazz against. Probably the winner of Nets and Bucks, assuming those two teams play in the East. Yeah. That, that feels like a pretty solid prediction, in my opinion. But yeah, so that's our NBA playoff picture. We'll go ahead and move on to something else that's kind of important that's kicking off tomorrow, the NFL draft. Um, a lot a lot, a lot, lot of controversy going around lately, I feel like. I've been seeing a lot as it kind of heats up, so I want to ask... Like how Justin Fields is in the bottom of the first round for a lot of mock drafts. I'm saying that I was actually looking at a mock draft last night that has him... Fall into fifteenth uh, to the Patriots, and I, I saw that, and I just kind of laughed because it's like the Patriots going to get Justin Fields, and all these people who are you know projecting him to fall, and it's like the Patriots are going to get Justin Fields, and they're going to turn him into the next great thing, right, or something like that. Potentially, yeah, and, and I mean I don't really know what the Which deal is. Just is. confusing for me because the Patriots were also inter- interested in Deshaun Watson, and it's almost as if. Yeah, that's a problem. I, think, no, I don't think anybody's interested in Deshaun Watson well, right now. Well, I'm just saying at the time they were. And I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, what is wrong with Jarrett Stidham? I don't know. Something terribly must be terribly wrong with him. I mean, we did see recently, pretty recently, that assistant coach said something about how his preparation in college is just completely antithetical to NFL offenses. I mean, but still, under he's Gus been Mazzon, there for almost four years. So where is I think the... almost three now, right? But yeah, I don't. Where's the I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't know. Maybe his mechanics are just completely shot, or maybe 
the concepts and the Auburn offense were just so completely basic that he can't do anything more advanced than that. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know what the problem is, or maybe he just doesn't have it. Maybe he's just like a lot of guys and just doesn't have the arm strength or the accuracy or the ability to read a defense well enough. I don't know. I would have thought that he would at least be the starter right now. I mean, it seems like the Patriots are more confident in Cam Newton, which I think is a pretty good strategy if they do somehow end up having Fields fall into their lap is have Fields learn behind Cam Newton, who has, I mean, of course, he doesn't have a Super Bowl, Super Bowl win, but has been pretty successful in the NFL. I mean, he's, Since, yeah, he I mean, has an MVP, and he has for at least five or six a couple years of records. Until his injury. Yeah, and I, right, and that's been probably what has kept him from having a, what I would call a great career, but I would say that Cam Newton has still been pretty successful. I mean, mm-hmm. has an NFL MVP. More successful than the Alabama quarterback that has yeah. come out since then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I, and I just kind of was like, wow, of course, that would be the most Patriots thing to ever happen is Fields falls into their lap, give him a year or two to learn behind Cam Newton, and then Cam Newton rides off into the sunset, and Justin Fields comes up and makes everybody look stupid. For I'd be okay with that. I don't that honestly, that is more hate it, that honestly. is more likely to happen than Mac Jones going to San Francisco and being a Hall of Fame quarterback. You really don't like Mac Jones. <laughs> He's not great. I know. I, I don't. I don't think he should be the third pick. That's my thing. I don't think he should be the third pick. But I do think the only QB that he'll be pretty him. solid because he's a game manager. He's the NFL prototypical quarterback. I feel like I don't think he should be third overall. Nah, he's a second or third round. Pick. Yeah, but I could actually see him being pretty successful, especially on a rookie deal. Maybe. Yeah, where a team can spend I the mean, rest he, of their if money. If he's going to San Francisco, they haven't exactly been great the last couple of years. No, but then I assume they'll actually. I think if they do draft Mac Jones, they'll probably still have Jimmy G starting. <laughs> I for don't a know. year I've or two. Seeing some... I'm not really sure what the deal is with that. I don't know yeah. anything about the 49ers. I've been seeing some memes about how they're might be moving on. They might be Jimmy moving G. on, which may be the best move if you're going to draft a rookie quarterback. Go ahead and just start the rookie and shoot, man. Cut I, the veteran. If, if Zach mm-hmm. if Zach Wilson's still around, I think I'd take Zach Wilson over. Mike it Jones. sounds like uh, it's pretty much a consensus that Zach Wilson is going to go second overall to the Jets. Interesting. Yeah, which is why I. Want to ask you this question? Is like, who do you think is the most likely bust that will get picked in the first round on Thursday? Just thinking of all the guys that you think are probably that you know of that are likely to get drafted tomorrow. One of the Alabama linemen. Yeah, Barmore or Leatherwood. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I. I want to. I want. I, part of me wants to say Zach Wilson, which is not because I think he's going to be a bust. I and I actually want him to succeed. I just I feel like his frame and his experience against quality com, uh, competition in college is not great. I do think he's a really accurate passer. I mean, I'm watching that video of him and his pro day on a little bootleg play, and he just throws across his body, and the receiver didn't have to slow down 50 yards down the field. That's pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But I just I just don't know. I, now, if we're talking quarterbacks, I think Mac Jones or Trey Lance is going to Yeah, be. I was going to say Trey Lance is probably my more realistic pick because for the same reasons, but even more egregious than Zach Wilson. I mean... Yeah, what was that He's, stat? 39% accuracy and passes down the field, like 30 yards plus? Something like that. Oh, it was less than that, I think. But it was 15 bad. 15 yards? It was bad, yeah. His accuracy on passes 10 to 15 yards down the field. And, I mean, on top of that, he plays in the FCS, which is not necessarily does not necessarily dis- disqualify you from competing in the NFL, not even by a long shot. There are plenty of FCS guys, Division two guys, Division three guys that go on become great players in the NFL. But he just doesn't play high-caliber competition. And on top of that, he only played in one game this fall. I mean... Yeah. And his... You know, the guy that was there before him, Carson Wentz, only lasted like a couple of years in the NFL. Yeah, and he was decent for Philly, but now it seems like he's kind of an afterthought now. Which is crazy, now. because 
I'm not really sure what happened. You with talk Carson about guys Wentz. that you would think have been in the league for ten years. I thought Carson Wentz got drafted in 2011. No, he was and, 2016. And it, and it I think. was only five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't very long ago at all. But yeah, I mean Trey Lance has played exactly one football game in the last 15 months. Yeah. I mean, you can do all the workouts in the world, but that's not a lot of game tape. Nope. And you telling me he's going to be a lot of you know game time situations either. Yeah. Right. So it's like you telling me he's going to be a top five pick. I I just I don't I don't buy that. I don't see how that's going to be a good thing. I mean, but yeah, I mean, probably probably Trey Lance, maybe Zach Wilson, just because of his frame and things like that. I'm not sure. Those are probably my picks for the bus. So who do you think is going to be? Who's going to get picked in the first round? That's going to be end up turning into the best player because I got two guys written down that I think if this mock draft that I was looking at actually ends up predicting it correctly, I think they would be amazing fits for that team. And even if it doesn't, I think they would be tremendous players in the NFL. Chase, if he goes to the Bengals. Yeah. And I think Trevor Lawrence will be fine. Okay. I wrote down Najee Harris. Uh, He was projected in this draft to go 24th overall to the Steelers, who have a broken run game. I think that would be an incredible pick if he's still on the board at 24th overall. My other one is J.C. Horn out of South Carolina as a a defensive back to the Cowboys. Okay. I think those two guys will be, if they were to end up going to those teams, and maybe not necessarily even if they go to somebody else, probably be the biggest impact uh, rookies. I mean, of course, Trevor Trevor Lawrence feels like the easy answer. I mean, we also still don't know. He he may end up being bad. But I just think that Horn and Harris are two of your best available guys, at least at that point in the first round, that will make a huge impact. Okay. Yeah. So those are kind of just a couple of talking points there for the draft. I mean, in other news in the NFL, I saw this uh, John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, pretty much guaranteed that they will be picking up Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option in the 2022 season. Lamar Jackson is set to make $1.7 million this coming season, which made me he's, think about, yeah, and he's still wow, his I mean, he still, is still on his rookie contract. This is the last year of his rookie contract. It made me think about it. I was like, wow, so he was the MVP, and he maybe made a million dollars in the whole season. When they pick up this fifth-year option, his salary will increase from $1.7 million to $23.1 million. So a $21.5 million raise, that's pretty awesome. I'd take that. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would take that too, yeah. And I think it's interesting, I guess, I feel like maybe Lamar Jackson may be here to stay because I was not sure how he was going to perform this season because, I mean, I thought he was a great quarterback, but I just, you know, there were so many previous examples of guys who had a great first year as a starter and didn't do well after Robert Griffin III comes to mind as the worst defender. Had an amazing rookie year for the Redskins and never did anything after that. Was yeah. not brought back to the team. So, I mean, that shows me that the Ravens have a lot of confidence in him and want to continue to build around him, which is good for him, I think. I think. Didn't Johnny Manziel have a pretty decent... I don't ever think he was ever very good, no. I mean, he may have had one or two games where he had a really good showing, but no, he never. he was never consistently good throughout a whole year. Yeah, um, so that's really all I've got for the NFL. I mean, I don't think there's much of anything else. We could go through a mock draft if we wanted. I mean, but I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going first. Zach Wilson is going is going second. I mean, this one I'm looking at right now says Mac Jones to the 49ers at third yeah, overall. Yeah, so three, three QBs in the first three picks. That's so boring. <laughs> I feel like that would be – I feel like that definitely would be – Oh, here's another record. great huge impact pick, uh, Kyle Pitts. This draft has going him to the going to the Falcons fourth overall as the first non-quarterback off the board, which I think is the right move. I don't think they should be drafting a quarterback, even if there is somebody still on the board. I think Matt Ryan still has a couple of years 
left in him and they can get somebody else out of a different QB class. Yeah. This also says this draft also says Jamar Chase, the Cincinnati Bengals. I still think that's a mistake. I think if he's still on the board, you have to go for uh, Penny Sewell. I don't know how you don't. I mean, team needs. Yeah. Well, right. The, the problem is the team need is the offensive line, and they're saying they still might go for Jamar Chase. When I mean, this like is like well, front offense that primarily uses three wide receivers. I mean, I just I feel like that's a waste of a first round pick when you need protection for your quarterback, especially since Joe Burrow is coming back from injury. You have to keep that from happening again. Yeah. I think that would be a big mistake if the Bengals take Jamar Chase. I'm not saying that because Jamar Chase would be bad. I just think it's the wrong move for their team needs and for Burrow's needs. I mean, Burrow already still has, I believe A.J. Green is still on the team, I assume, and he also has T. Higgins. I mean, does he really need a third guy? I don't think he does. I don't know. Jamar Chase is pretty special. Yeah, but I just I don't know. I, I just think it's the wrong pick. Uh, number six overall right here, we've got Devontae Smith going to the Dolphins. That I, I think I expect that's pretty spot on, and I think that's the right pick here. I mean, whatever uh, this draft, of course, we were just saying this, this has Sewell falling to seventh overall, going to the Lions, which would be a great pick as well. I mean, you need somebody to protect Jared Goff, and also somebody that can protect your running backs. I mean, Carryon Johnson comes to mind as a guy who's constantly hurt. You see if you can open holes for him and keep from getting crushed in the backfield. But that, of course, is contingent on Jamar Chase going to Cincinnati after all. Right now, eighth overall. In this mock draft, Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, who is kind of under fire right now. I mean, I keep seeing stuff about him is that, like, GMs are completely divided on him because of his injury history. He's had a couple of back surgeries, and also Farley did just test positive today for COVID-19, so he will not be attending the draft. But, I mean, this draft mock draft has him all the way at eighth overall. I've seen him. I've seen projections of him falling out of the first round completely. So I don't know how that's going to go. Ninth overall, Trey Lance to the Denver Broncos. I don't really understand that. Yeah, because they have Drew they Locke. They have Drew Locke. I mean, I don't think Drew Locke has been bad. He's apparently been working with Peyton Manning, who is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. I feel like, especially with the unpredictability of Trey Lance, I just think it would be a mistake to draft him now when you could use that pick on somebody more important. Like, as this summary right maybe here says. Maybe take Trey Lance and trade him? Maybe so. I mean, maybe you could do that is pick him and then trade him to somebody else that could be an angle that you take but I feel like that's I, I just don't know I mean I, f- I think they should take somebody else like as this summary says linebacker Michael Parsons from Penn State or Patrick Sertan the second from Alabama some, some something different I don't think you I don't think QB is a need 10th overall JC Horn to the Cowboys I said that earlier I think that would be a huge I think it would be a perfect fit I think it'd be a, a impact player would start from day one they need guys in the secondary they allowed more touchdown passes last season than any other year in franchise history. They need defensive backs, and J.C. Horn, I think, is the best one on the board. Number 11, right here, this has Jalen Waddle going to the New York Giants. I feel like that's a pretty good pick. I mean, Daniel Jones needs a guy, and you would you would think that Jamar Chase and Demonte Smith will be off the board by then, so Jalen Waddle is probably realistically the next best receiver. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure Maybe who else is on here? I'm looking through the rest of it now. I'm still not seeing another receiver coming off the board in the first round. Elijah Moore is the next one to come off the board all the way down at 22nd. I would actually probably take Elijah Moore over Jalen Waddle, but yeah, like just because about- of pure catchability. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's not my decision. So <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles 12th. This has Patrick Sertan going to Philly. Probably a good pick. I mean, the Eagles actually traded back from number six to number 12. So if they could get Sertan at 12th overall after dropping out of the 6th pick, that would be a pretty 
that would look pretty good, I think, if you're an Eagles fan, moving back several picks and still getting one of the best prospects off the board. We'll see how that works out for them. Uh, let's see a couple of tackles coming off the board next in this mock draft. The Chargers taking Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. The Vikings taking Christian Darisaw out of Virginia Tech, which, sidebar, that would be two first-round picks out of Virginia Tech. If this is right, they haven't done anything recently. I mean, you'd think they'd be a little bit better. Just kind of Virginia Tech, I think we talked about before, Virginia Tech is that team that recently comes to mind that starts out in the top 25 and then just yeah. falls flat. Mm-hmm. This draft has fields going 15th to the Patriots, which we've already said would be just kind of hilarious. Like, I don't even think I would hate that because it's just be like, of course, you idiots. Like, you know, spent two months trashing Justin Fields, and so he ended up falling to the Patriots. Yeah, who trash are, Justin Fields for Mac Jones. Seriously? Yeah. And then he goes to probably the best situation that he could go into is in terms of developmental. Yeah. Situation, although of course we did say that about Jarrett Stidham, but I do honestly I think that if you really wanted to get even more perfect, Matt Jones falls all the way to the Patriots in number fifteen. Same thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Which I actually think would be pretty reasonable for him to fall to fifteen. I think I said reason- I think he's a, still a pretty good prospect. I mean, I think he's a second or third round right player. But I can understand because because by the fifteenth pick in the first round, I mean it's, it's I'm not saying it's a crapshoot, but it's just less. It's not the top prospects off the board, and I just don't think Matt Jones is a top prospect. Right. Yeah. 16th overall, Arizona Cardinals, Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern. That's another Northwestern guy. They had a pretty good season this year, actually. Uh, 17th overall, Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. That could be a pretty good pretty good pick, I think, for new defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. 18th overall, the Dolphins. Again, the Dolphins have two first-round picks. This has them taking another guy out of the SEC. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce this. Aziz Ojolari, uh, outside linebacker out of Georgia. Washington football team, linebacker Notre Dame. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. The Bears, looks like this This says the Bears taking a tackle out of Oklahoma State, which I think is a good pick because they're probably going to be starting Andy Dalton and they probably need some protection for him. Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. 21 Indianapolis Colts. Quiddy Pay, uh, defensive end out of Michigan. I mean, I don't, yeah, I mean, I guess so. And we already said right here, 22 the Titans. Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. I think that would be a massive steal, especially if you could pair him with A.J. Brown, the two of them played together in college. And they've already got well, – no, 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 sorry. They lost Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, and I believe they've lost Adam Humphreys. So they do need pass catchers for Ryan Tannehill for sure. Number 23rd overall, uh, the Jets again. Got a pick and a trade with the Seahawks. This has them taking a guard out of the USC. 24 Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris. I said that earlier. Jaguars have also have another first-round pick. That's, oh, there's a lot of teams with multiple first-round picks in here. This has the Jaguars taking Christian Barmore out of Alabama at 25th overall. Browns, Jalen yeah, Phillips in Miami. Barmore and Leatherwood were towards the bottom. Yeah, I don't think I saw Leathermore on here in the first round in this draft, but it could still happen. Ravens at 27th, Trev- Trevon Morig, a uh, safety out of TCU. 28, New Orleans Saints, linebacker out of Kentucky, Jamin Davis. Green Bay Packers, this was interesting to me. They've been connected to Rashad Bateman, Minnesota wide receiver, which I think would be a great pick. I have harped on them for a year now for not taking a wide receiver in the first round last year and instead taking a quarterback, which was, I mean, useless. Jordan Love didn't play at all. Yeah. So, yeah, I think taking Bateman would be a great pick, kind of bolster a receiving core over the last couple of years of Aaron Rodgers. 30th overall, the Buffalo Bills, Gregory Rousseau, defensive end out of Miami. 31st overall, the Ravens again got it in a trade with the Chiefs, so they'll have two picks at the end of the first round. This has them taking Terrace Marshall out of LSU. Yeah. 
which I think could be a pretty good pick. I mean, they already have Marquise Brown. That would be a great way to play the two off of each other. Mm-hmm. And the last pick in the first round in this mock draft, 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joe Tryon, a uh, offensive or not offensive outside linebacker out of Washington. So that's kind of the NFL Nation first round mock draft right there. We'll see how accurate that ends up being. That feels actually pretty accurate to me. We'll go ahead and move to college football here. I saw a story last night. I was really interested. I wanted to kind of talk about it for a second. I'm really confused here, actually. Ole Miss fired their offensive line coach a couple of days after their spring game, which was last weekend. I don't entirely understand that because looking at their numbers last year, Ole Miss's offense was really good. Mm-hmm. They led the conference in rushing. They had 210 rushing yards a game, and they were fourth in the SEC in sacks allowed. They allowed 19 sacks last season. So it's not like the unit was bad, like Auburn's unit was bad, or Tennessee's unit was bad. Maybe there's something else going on. Maybe there is something else going on. We just don't know. I mean, we haven't heard. But that feels like something to keep an eye on. Yeah. But the other thing, the the thing I really wanted to get to with this, though, by now pretty much everybody knows about the European Super League, the uh, failed soccer project in Europe. Which I mean, technically, it has not failed because not everyone has pulled out. But all of the six, all six of the teams from England that were going to join have said, "Yeah, we're out." After uh, fans basically rioted, <laughs> um, and I think one or two out of uh, Spain and Italy also pulled out. I believe there are three or four that are still technically left. Like, no, we're doing this, but it's like it's dead, guys. I think it's uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Juventus, and AC Milan are still. In, like, in, in quotes. Yeah. But everybody else is left. I mean, like, and it's like I read something last night about, like, the CEO of Real Madrid kind of throwing a hissy fit. It's like, the contracts are binding, and this is happening, but it's not happening. It's it's not. It's dead. So I thought, after looking at it, kind of what, and this is a project that a lot of people have done, so we're going to kind of do our own little spin on it. If there were a college football super league that, you know, the powers that be decided they were going to try and do who would be in it? We're going to keep it to 12 because it was 12 teams in the European soccer right there. So I think 12 is fair for college football and it's also a nicely sized conference. Um, so we'll just go ahead and kind of go. I mean, obviously the first team in is Alabama, obviously. Sure. Yeah. I would think the next two are Ohio State and Michigan because if we're, th- we're thinking Super League, I'm thinking not necessarily really, recent Michigan's success. Been- I'm thinking brand. And money making potential. I don't potential. even think that they have a great brand. They do. They absolutely have a great brand. Everybody knows who you're talking about when you say Michigan Wolverines or Go Blue or something like that. And they're a historically great program. Of course, not recently. They haven't won a national championship in over 20 years. I don't think that would matter in this in this context. I think okay, well, Michigan would put, still if you're be in. Put Michigan in there. You need to put Georgia in there too. Yeah, I don't know about that. Georgia Ow. has won national championship, but okay, neither has Michigan. Michigan has eight or something like that. They have several. But they don't have one in the last 20 years. And Georgia's recent success is better than Michigan's. Maybe so. <clears throat> but, I mean, that's what this is for. So, I mean, I'm just thinking because and – and I'm thinking, too, along the sense – and maybe you can make an argument for Georgia, too, because one of the teams <clears throat> is going to be included in the Super League was the Arsenal. And people are like, really? The Arsenal suck. Like, But they have historic success. So, I mean, it's been a long time since they won any trophies, but that was kind of the merit of them being included. The Arsenal is a huge – the Arsenal are a huge brand. Okay. In European soccer. So LSU is next. Yeah, I do have LSU on here. The next one I put on here is Texas and then Oklahoma. I think those two speak for themselves. I think Oklahoma's reputable. Texas is eh. 
I see. I, I mean, Haven't Texas, that, Texas is the most valuable program in football. If you're going to make a super conference kind of deal that has no concern for geography and is all about making the most money, which is what the Super League was about. That was strictly about money. Then Texas is absolutely in because they make more money every year than any program in America. So they're absolutely in, whether they're successful or not. Uh, the next one I got is Notre Dame. I mean, same reasons, historically great program. Lots win, of money. They have an exclusive deal with NBC. Yeah, they'll go winless. Maybe so, but I think they're still in because of brand alone. Next one I got is Miami. That is weird, but okay. It's a they hot have, take. They have, they, they have five national championships. I mean, they're a huge brand. Everybody knows who you're talking about when you say the U. So now you're just going based on brand. I, I've been going on brand. I've been recently going on brand. they have been, they have done nothing. I, I, I still think they would be in. I, I just, mean, they were they were relevant last year for the first time in probably what five or six years, and they got blown out by every respectable team that they played. Yeah, that's that's fair. Which is why this, which is why the Super League is not the best twelve teams right now. It's it's branding. I keep saying that, but it's it's branding. It's revenue potential. It's fan base. It's tradition. It's stadium size. All okay, of those so things. If we're gonna go by that. Auburn is gonna be in there. See, I don't think Auburn is. I'm not sure. I don't know if Auburn is in the top 12 programs. I mean, they might be. I do have I have a blank for my 12th spot, so that could be anybody. I mean, I mean, they have wins over Alabama. They've made yeah. the SEC championship game in the last couple of years. They've been to two national championships in the last decade. Yeah. They've also only won one in one national championship in 60 years. Okay, well, that's more recent success than Miami. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. In the last 10 years? I said the last 60 in the last ten, I'm going about the last ten years. Yeah, I think that's I think that's recency bias. I'm trying to not have too much recency bias in there, but well, I mean, you got too much past bias in there. That's fair, but that's because when I looked at the European Super League, it's not necessarily it wasn't necessarily all teams that were winning stuff every year or had recent success. But I mean, that's that's fair. That's what this is for. We're not supposed to agree completely. <laughs> but I think that if a if a bunch of college football programs got together and said, hey, we're going to make a Super League of our own, that they would want teams that have the biggest fan bases and historical success and tradition and revenue potential. And maybe Auburn would be in there. I mean, it would. if you're limiting it to 12, that makes it hard because then you, cause then you have guys, you have programs like Auburn and Clemson and Tennessee and you have Florida and Florida State. So it's hard to say who's out. It is, it's very hard to say who's out, I think. But... I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking primarily in terms of reach, which is why the okay, next. So so then USC and UCLA. I have USC. I didn't put UCLA in there. I didn't because they have not been nearly as successful in football as USC has been. A, what, okay. What traditionally. About, what about Nebraska? I actually did put Nebraska in there. Okay. Because they have, I believe, four or five. So this so your list is basically who was good back like 30 years ago. It's except for Alabama. Yeah, I mean Ohio State's really good now. Oklahoma is still but Ohio State was good back pretty then. really good. Michigan was good back then. Yeah, Ohio, but Ohio State is still good now. USC was good then. Yeah, Miami was good then, and yeah, that's fair. So I'm leaning towards past success more than recent success because I don't think the last five years necessarily would qualify you for something like this. I just don't think the powers that be would take that. My other two in here to round out my eleven that I have are Penn State and LSU. I mean, the way I already said. LSU, but yeah. Penn State, I feel like, for the same reason, just a and historical you have, you brand. you Georgia in there? I, not officially. I just have a kind of a blank for my 12th spot. I'm not entirely sure. I think there are a lot of teams that you could make 
a good argument for. I think you could argue for Georgia. I think you could argue for Auburn. I think you could argue for Clemson. I think you could argue for Tennessee. I think you could argue for Florida and Florida State. I think you could even make. I'm surprised terms, you didn't put Tennessee in there, considering how they were decent at least 20 years ago. They were, yeah. And I just thought about criteria. because they have been just pathetically bad for 15 years. I mean, that's just a fact. It's worse than Michigan or Miami. I, Michigan and Miami have still been decently relevant at times. But it's also just hard to narrow down. I think you could even make a legitimate argument in terms of just revenue potential for Texas A&M because they have a gigantic stadium, a gigantic following, not nearly as much tradition, which kind of violates what I'm kind of grading these teams off of. But I don't know. I mean, well, it's purely about money than the other end. Right. Which is how it was over Which is Europe. What, how it was in Europe. It was primarily about the largest followings and the brands. So, and of course, there were teams that were very successful like Juventus and Real Madrid and Barcelona. But, you know, it was like teams, fans were like, well, why are the Arsenal included in this? Because they haven't been good in forever. They just have a bunch of titles a long time ago. It was because the Arsenal are a huge brand. So that's my 11 with a blank for the 12th one. I just can't really decide on a 12th one. I mean, what do you think? Do you have teams that you would put in instead of the guys that I put? Yeah. Okay, then list them. I thought I made that clear. Yeah, but I want you to give a list because I've been kind of just given my list and I was going to go to you, so I want you to tell me who your 12 would be. I think if we're going to go based on, I mean, Auburn was decent somewhere in the 90s. They were decent in the 2000s, so in the last 20 years they've been good. They've made two national championship appearances. I think Auburn should be in there. Okay. Well, I I didn't want to just put them in there because I was trying to come at it from an unbiased perspective, but... I mean, That's like I said, I'm not saying that because they're my team and I want them in there. They have earned in the last 20 years. I feel like at least a decent amount yeah. of respect to. That's be a in fair there. argument. Alabama was a dog crap program until 2009, regardless of how successful they were up until 1993. Yeah, I mean that still wasn't that long ago. But I mean, and then but then let's say you put Auburn in. That still then also begs the question: Well, who are you leaving out to put Auburn in? Well, and, I'm not putting in Michigan. I put Clemson in over Michigan. Okay. Well, until five years ago, Clemson had exactly one national championship and was not a very successful program. And instead of Miami, I think I'd put Georgia in there. Okay. I don't really see how if we're looking at success, but that's fine. They've been good since at least the early 2000s, regardless of if they won Georgia? a national championship. Yeah. Mm. They were good just about every year Mark Richt was there, and they've been good since Kirby Smart was there. They beat up on an easy division and racked up 8, 9, 10 wins every year. Without okay. really National being actually very successful. In 2017, SEC okay. cha- back, multiple SEC championship appearances, including the SEC title in 2017 as well. Mm-hmm. Rose, Bowl, Rose Bowl appearances. Okay. Better non-conference schedule than at least half the teams you got in there. That's fair. So That's a fair point. See, and then you had Nebraska in there. I had Nebraska. I had LSU. I had Penn State. I think LSU is a pretty pretty decent factor they've been good yeah i think and lsu is a huge brand the whole state of louisiana roots for them i mean yeah and they have success historically to back that up nice. i have penn state i have usc i have notre dame i have texas and oklahoma he's thinking i'm fine with most of those yeah and that's why it would be it would be such a contentious issue i mean if you try to li- do something like this and then limit it to 12 like i was looking at a lot of other people's things and it was like well i have 15 in mind it's like Okay, but that's more than the 12 in the European Super League. That's what I wanted the challenge in this to be, was limiting it to 12 programs. I mean... Because I think there are 18 programs that can say we're one of the tops, top mm-hmm. programs historically. I think there are that many at least, possibly more than that. 
I mean, as much as I would really like to say Florida, because of all the late success they've had. That was my problem with Florida and Florida State, is neither of those programs were worth anything until the mid-90s. Yeah. Florida was consistently in the cellar of the SEC. Consistently. Until uh, until Spurrier. Until Steve Spurrier, yeah. And really, they weren't all that great for a lot for a stretch after Urban Meyer. No, they weren't. They had Will Muschamp and Jim McElwain. They weren't great. No. And that's why I had a hard time with my 12th spot. I couldn't really narrow down some of it. I thought that was unquestionably a better fit for this fictional Super League than another team. I thought it was just hard for me to decide on that 12th team. I think you could put one of five or six teams in there. Yeah. And I think they would all have a decent argument. I would, I mean, you can laugh at this. I mean, could Oregon have an argument? I don't know if they could. Not based on historical success, but based on success in the 21st They're century. They're a very big brand. They're a massive brand, and they have Nike money. So it's like... So there you go. Maybe, maybe Oregon then, over Nebraska? Maybe so. I mean, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever have to worry about something like that. Because let me tell you this. Not everybody is very ingrained in sports history unless, A, you're either an Alabama bandwagon fan in the last 10 years because all of a sudden they just seem to know everything, or you study sports and you really love history. I, I think that a lot of people are going to favor more recent, like they are recently good within the last 15 years when you talk about teams because... Honestly, if you if you're just an average fan, like I, I like to pride myself on being an above average fan, I have still had to look at history more and more and more a lot just to remind myself of who was good, who wasn't good, and because a lot of there, there's a lot of different teams now. Yeah, and I think that you know committees are going to look at. I mean, they might take into account history, but history changes. Nebraska was good then; they're not really all that great now. And I right, think, they're and not I, great now at and, all, and they don't necessarily have a big brand. I mean, there's, they're not signing five stars. They're not. I mean, you know, they're not carrying over success. And if you're talking about making money and getting this thing out there, I think you need recency bias as a bigger factor. Maybe so, you do. Yeah, probably. But Nebraska does have that claim to fame where they've sold out every single game at their home stadium for 60 years now. So I mean, I mean, it's 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 a contentious thing, and I think it would be an interesting debate. I don't think anything like it would ever happen, especially after the failed experiment over in Europe. I'm sure there are well, no, it's not gonna happen some people out there that are like... The quest of the whole playoff and college football in general is to find the best team, and that the best right. team is playing every every other best team every year, then there's really... Then you can right, just, it's just a different structure. Yeah. I mean, but it is fun to think about, I think. Right. Unless yeah. there was just some team who went undefeated that was not in the Super League, there's really you really could almost say that the conference championship of the Super League is the national championship. Right. Exactly, and that's what something like this would be. That's what the Super League was. It was like, we're just going to play each other because we're the best and not going to be a think, part of I anything think else. that would diminish other teams. It absolutely would, and that was the problem. That was one of the big problems that a lot of people had was because I don't really, I'm not an expert on the structure of European soccer, but like the Champions League is all of these successful teams that season from all the countries in Europe. And it's like, and the Super League was like not going to take part in the Champions League. And it's like, Why? And people were pissed about it. So, yeah. Or maybe maybe you have the winner of the super, the college football super league play the winner of the best record out of everybody else. Yeah, and then that would just be unfair. I feel like. I feel like that wouldn't be much of a game. Yeah, I don't think it would be either. So because that team's not getting a chance to play the super league teams, and the super league teams are can- cannibalizing themselves, and maybe you know a three. It just becomes a point where maybe a three or four loss super league team is still technically better than an undefeated rest of the pack team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
All right, so that feels like a good spot to wrap it up. Tell us who you guys think your college football super league is. I would actually really love to read other people's takes on that because, you know, we have disagreed here and, of course, for different reasons. I mean, what would be your criteria on that? I think that would be something that Ethan and I would love to see. So I'll definitely post a question on Twitter about that. Go check that out if you're finishing up this episode now. And that, with that, that's everything that we have to talk about today. I mean, there's not really anything else. It's kind of, kind of a boring week. I mean, I thought last, kind of, kind of got spoiled by last week's episode. I thought last week's episode was really good. It had a lot of discussion going on, even when there wasn't a whole lot of material. It was just a lot of, well, is this happening and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's going to be the end of episode 30. That is the end of Ethan Hensley's tenure as co-host of Rookie Mistake for at least the foreseeable future. He may return. And someday, we're not sure, but he has been a great co-host for this project. I've really enjoyed getting to do this with him, so just want a little hats off to him. You're welcome for the idea. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was first you did kind of bring it up. It was just kind of an, an idea, and it was, you, you did mention it first, because I was working at the radio station and telling you about it. So, yeah, could not, literally could not have done this without you. You're welcome. So, thank you for coming on and doing this for the last year and for all of you listening to this thank you all for listening to every episode that we put out this is episode 30 so you guys have kept us coming back and doing this for 30 weeks now a little bit more than that really with the breaks that we've taken in there so thank you all for listening and go follow us on twitter at rookie mistake pc you can get show updates questions stuff like that and or subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it from on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, wherever you're listening to it right now. If you subscribe to this podcast, you will get updates for future episodes, and that would make it a lot easier than having to constantly check our Twitter page to see if there's a new episode out. So, yeah, thank you all for listening. I will probably see you either next week or the week after that with a new co-host. I've already figured it out. I'm really excited. And we'll just so uh, we'll get back to it. Thanks for listening.